You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market. And Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Episode 79 of the Union 0430. We've alluded to it a couple weeks now, um, but we finally got Kevin from First Light to come on, and we are going to do our best tonight, ladies and gentlemen, to get out of Kevin everything that there is to get out regarding this new waterfowl lineup from First Light. Um, he, he's been bragging about how he's not going to give us any details, but uh, <laughs> I think we're going to be able to get it out of him. So I want to um, point out yeah. last week, they called us the super sleuths. So uh, mm-hmm. just saying, just yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah we, that's right. We, you guys are we, pretty good at digging through. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll introduce Kevin, then I'll introduce the boys and we'll get into the show. So director of community. Um, yeah. So that's your title now. You've been you've been doing some pretty cool jobs over. I checked out your your LinkedIn profile and everything, Kevin. So I I was creeping you for a little <laughs> bit there, buddy. Um, sure, I hope I cleaned it up all right. <laughs> no, no, it was good, buddy. So guided guided elk hunts, um, forest fire mm-hmm. uh, suppression uh, specialists, um, digital media. Uh, 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 what was oh what's that thing? a media strategist yeah now, that's fancy hey, eh? hey is that ever <laughs> um so um ladies and gentlemen like i said kevin from from uh first light he was hunting today uh in oregon and he's literally just getting home and coming on jumping on the show with us right now so kevin thanks for coming on buddy um we'll get into it with you here uh just a second we'll introduce the boys Philly is up in Port Perry, as usual. Mark is just outside the nation's capital in Ashton, Ontario. Dave is up in Concordia. Thinking of you, we are Jeff Coates, and I am just outside Kingston, Ontario. Kevin, welcome awesome. to the show, man. Thank hey, you so much. much. Yeah, I appreciate being here. I've, I've loved you guys' program, and, and I think uh, you guys have a lot of fun, man. That's what it's all about, so I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. And, and yeah, we do have a lot of, and you know what, I think that's, uh, that's probably our, our thing. And when we reach out to someone and when Dave reaches out to people, Phil and Merck, and, and we reach out to guests to come on, it seems like it's the common theme that everyone says, Hey, you guys are just having fun. You're just a bunch of regular dudes. And, uh, so, um, it, it's good, man. So I, I, I love it. And, uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, you bet. Pl- pleasure to be here, guys. So this morning, seven yeah. man limit. Yeah. And how long? Well, that was yes. That was yesterday. Today oh, that was, was a bit of a struggle fest. But you know, yesterday we we've been chasing. So I, I've been in Eastern Oregon quite a bit. Um, used to live over there, worked there in the woods, and then uh, moved to Idaho. And I took this job. But anyway, there's a rich history of waterfowl in there. We have good relationships with landowners. We always get like a really late flight. Um, yeah. For some reason, the county we're hunting in always gets windswept, so those those grain fields and sort of the feed fields stay a little bit more open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just had a blast, man, shooting big Canada's, and and uh, it just doesn't get any better, man. 
and those windswept fields, what are you using to hide? Like, how are you, how are you guys hiding? Because, and the only reason yeah. why I ask is because I hunted one late season here and we found it difficult to hide. Yeah, it's super hard. The nice part about there is there's not a lot of hunting pressure at all. Um, so we get like cream of the crops spots to hunt. You know, we're looking yeah. at like fields that haven't been touched for two weeks. Um, there's a lot of beet fields there uh chitakele hay fields some beans um a little bit of barley here and there if you can find it in fact i once paid a guy to plant barley so we could hunt it in the fall <laughs> um, but it's one of those things where yeah you just have your kind of a pick of the litter so to speak and on places to hunt and you just got to find the birds and it's it's a hard place to scout because it's so big yeah uh, and some of those birds are traveling 30 miles a day just to go from roost to to food and um but we found a pretty good spot for Canada's. We, we struggled on the ducks. Um, of course, I, as I drove out tonight, there's like 3,000 mallards in the field we hunted this morning, um, which, you know, it's just the wind picked up midday. Yeah, yeah. Should have waited it out, but we were out of time, out of cameras, and, and we had to go home. So that's yeah. the way she goes. Yeah. Are you guys finding um, the birds are a bit delayed compared to normal years there? You know, that's that part of the world, it seems like our – uh, we, there's so much water, rivers, ponds, lakes. It's it's really rich with water that it doesn't really start until it freezes up. Like the good field hunts, you know, you can shoot onesies, twosies, and and scratch out some limits early on local birds. But um, those birds really don't get get to where we were hunting for uh, for a little bit of time because I, I think what's happened, rather than just the the change in the time of the year, it's it's sort of shifted um, closer to the the main what we call like the edge of the Pacific flyway, you know, where the snake river comes down into Idaho and Wyoming. We've always had good bird numbers, but they seem to be heavy in that neck of the woods um, in the last like five years. Um, yeah. And there's just a lot of like opportunity to hunt there because uh, there's not a lot of people doing it. It's not like the Midwest. It's not like Saskatchewan or it's not like North Dakota where guys, that's what they go there to do. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, you'll find more guys driving around looking for mule deer sheds uh, than, than trying to shoot geese and ducks. So um, good opportunity. But I don't think the birds are late, man. I think this is just what they do, um, you know, relative to the rest of the country. Yeah. Good. A lot of birds stay there, too. You know, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll winter there um, as long as the river's open or some of the still water remains open. And this year's been weird because it did freeze hard early. So a lot of birds pushed out. So we're waiting for that water to open back up. And boy, they showed up in a big way. So by I chance, the last week or so, were you testing out any new gear? Oh, yeah. We were testing. Well, we were, we were shooting gear that we tested for the last two and a half years. Um, and then sprinkling and some, some few products that will come out in the following years. Um, yeah, so more to come on that. But uh, overall, man, it's the biggest thing I can talk about really is just that um, – our ability now to, to stay warm in places where it's cold is like going to be unmatched. It's just unreal. So that's awesome. Um, and you, and, and I don't want to cut you off, Kev, but yeah. you are, you are a goose hunter. You are a duck hunter, right? So oh, yeah. you, you know what, what's needed. Are you, a, and, and I know you, you work for first light and stuff, but you yeah. genuinely, you, you sound like you're excited about oh, this, yeah. about this new lineup that's coming. Yeah, the first thing I ever shot was a greenhead mallard and when I was a kid and I've been hooked on it ever since, you know, goose call competition for a while and, and kind of grew up around that um, in the Midwest. 
And I, I actually did quite a few projects with Sitka Gear early on with Ben Potter from Con Outdoors from the mm -hmm. California Coast. So we worked together on some stuff there. And yeah, Sitka makes great gear, man. Really great gear. But yep. in, the industry's been uh, hurting for some competition, some different different ways of thinking about gear. Um, and our ability to start from, you know, the skin and go out is just unmatched, man. From Merino wool base layers, it's just like, warm when wet you know there's there's situations where you know you might not want to be wet but you're going to be because you're throwing geeks or you're getting splashed or even in you know situations where we're in where we have a midday you know uh, un unthaw basically or thaw where we were hauling stuff out of the field because it was setting muddy by midday so i think we're thinking about gear a little differently but i'm genuinely excited about what's coming out i mean i would tell you if i wasn't too and across our whole lineup we've grown in a way that um we've got some tried and true guys um, testing our gear years in advance, uh, which makes the process a lot smoother. Yeah. And do you guys ever sit back and like, look at the forums and the, and the groups that are seeing pictures come out? Like, <laughs> like recently there was the, the hand muffs, the, the hand oh, yeah. warmers. Oh, yeah. It uh, like, we're talking a month or two before they were actually released. Yeah. People, people saw them online and the forums were all like, Oh, they just took like a sick one and they put the neck, the neck gator <laughs> over top of it yeah. and like there was all that talk and like you guys must just sit there and be like ah oh, you know we got this coming yeah right? man i i try not to listen to to the armchair quarterbacks too much although there are some nuggets in there once in a while like hey that's a pretty good idea and then he called the guy and be like what are you what are you thinking about there um but <laughs> a lot of the time you know it's just guys like to uh bs a little bit on the internet so we try to like take it with a grain of salt but it is funny man you can like there's just no uh nothing's nothing secretive anymore you know as soon as it hits the internet it's over man. so yeah. we've been pretty good about keeping it under wraps for a long time oh that's my garage yeah. door. You hear that no you're good no nope, it's good no uh, you guys you guys are real good at at hiding it because yeah. hey dave and, and mark and phil like when we had paul peterson on uh like what seems like a year ago even yeah. back then he was like yeah we're talking about it and that was yep. it like that yep. was where we left it like never never bit never never got into it any more than that yeah, yeah. Right? So. yeah we're you know as a as a crew and a, and a company we, we really believe in what we're doing and and part of that process everybody at our our company really believes in the process and i think the biggest thing is we want to make sure that um when people get their hands on the gear, they're hearing about it from us, you know, and, and they're, they're understanding that we're a passionate group of whether it's elk hunters, whitetail hunters or waterfowl hunters. Like we're, we're serious about it. You know, we mm -hmm. spent about 110 days on the road in 2021 and, and uh, we're putting the thing through the paces. So we, we try to keep it as much under the wraps as you can, but Instagram's a powerful tool, but it's also can be a worst enemy, man. Um, all right. So let's talk about this new pattern. Yeah. So, so I know, I know where we're not going to, uh, you can sort of kind of see it. If you go on the first light website, there's a couple pictures there. You really can't dive right into it and, and, and see the, the, the pattern uh, perfect, but you can get a, get an idea of, of, of right. where, where they're leaning. So tell us, so first off, Dave, Dave had the question earlier about naming the pattern. Sure. And then, so naming the pattern, we've got the name for it. Um, talk to us about how you came up with that, that new pattern. Yeah. So that's a good question. You know, just generally speaking, when we, when we think about um, naming products and patterns and things, it's, 
it's a, a group of people in a room that have a lot of experience about the pursuit, right? So there's, for instance, like Spectre in the whitetail mm -hmm. space. That generation, uh, you know, was thought up through a lot of a lot of different insights about what are we trying to accomplish, right? And it always came back to we're trying to disappear in the tree. And mm -hmm. Spectre, obviously, being a sort of a analogous to a ghost, um, it works, right? And it falls in line with some of our nomenclature and things like that. When it came down to the waterfowl pattern, most most specifically is you know what we're trying to do is is say that. You know, you can kill ducks in solid colors in a blind, right? We know that. Mm -hmm. But the instances where we find ourselves most often in, in marsh situations and in, in situations that are, um, you know, we're, we're duck hunting in, there's, there's some commonalities there when it comes down to color, shape, um, crackleture, and things like that. So um, the idea behind Typha is Typha is essentially the ecological explanation of those places we hunt. You know, that includes all the plant families, essentially, in every situation you would find yourself duck hunting in from the Midwest flyway to the northeast to the, to the west coast. Um, of, and then, you know, across the Saskatchewan, east to BC, every, everything, or west to BC and everything in between. I mean, this thing's going to fit wherever you're at. Um, so the, the naming process, you know, comes down to a, a, a large group of people really just throwing stuff at the wall at first right like mm -hmm. like any good um any good sort of brainstorm session you know um now that's a picture from ben i think ben matthews probably yeah so, so this was this was on the first light instagram oh yeah so. oh yeah yeah ben's a hell of a photographer but you can tell like that that situation there like those guys are coming into cattails right but yeah um you could say how you could see how that fits really well in cattails, but then if you go into like we hunted a, a pivot row uh, yesterday, and it's brown, right? It's dark, a yep. little bit of snow in there. Where where we're working out of panel blinds. What's really crucial is when something comes over the top of you, you blend in, right? So they yeah. can't. See it. Um, and it just does a good job of that. Uh, we've like I said, we've tested all of the country and been pretty pleased. And you know, the last thing I'll say about sort of the pattern, and, and we can keep going on it, but the the ideation behind it is that we hunt in a lot of different environments, right? So we essentially, we've gone through, you know, a lot of iterations of this to get it right, to get it perfect. Um, I think it'd be hard pressed to find an environment that it doesn't work in, right? And, and I think that also, you know, like, I, I think that, that a lot of our listeners, so, you know, if, if you look at it, if you look at a pattern, if you look at a camo pattern and you say, yeah, listen, this will work. Um, it'll work well here. Um, and, and you're, you're trying to create a pattern that, like you said, is going to work everywhere the, to the best of your ability, right? Because listen, gear is expensive, clothing expensive. You can't have um, four different suits. Uh, well, I, I can't have four different suits of camel. Um, so, so you try and find that, that best pattern that the most robust pattern that you can find that'll fit in, in the most opportunities, right? And the thing that you said that I like the most is when they're flying overhead. How yeah. many, and, and Mark, you and I have talked about this so many times and so many people take this for granted. They'll do all of this work to cover up their front, but they never worry about their back and they never worry about what the birds are seeing when they fly over. So 
I, I really like the fact that you guys are thinking are, are yeah. thinking down those lines and you're thinking like and, and I know first light is a bunch of hunters um but it, it's it's good to see that people are thinking about the little tiny things that the oh, average yeah. guy thinks about yeah no detail is too small at our shop man there's just there's no such thing and I, th I think the biggest thing when you're, we're talking about pattern is is how it's placed on a on a garment we think a lot about you know from basically the top of your head to the middle middle of your body because most guys are hunting out of panel they're hunting out of layouts or uh you know yeah. some sort of blind situation so we really thought a lot about con collar construction hood construction you know shoulder construction how it all works together and i think you'll see as we start to trickle out some more information on this that it's really thoughtful and you know i think of if you define different categories of folks, like the Western hunters are sort of the athletes, whitetail hunters are the scientists and the waterfowl hunters are the workhorse, man. They're, they're like, they're not thinking about um, things in a way that elk hunter does. They, they're working their ass off to get, to get to the X, you know? Yeah. And I think honestly, like that's what we're making gear for. We're making gear for those guys, you know, that, that understand that it takes a lot of work. This gear is going to hold up. It's going to look really good. It's going to conceal you and, and do the job for you. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mark, I know you had some questions. So uh, we can expect this by the fall, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're gonna be, you're gonna start to see a lot more information in the next like two to three months coming, coming your way, and and I expect uh, folks will be able to have this uh, in as part of their kit uh, well before um, you know waterfowl seasons open across the country and and the and the continent. And you guys have been going. Like, it's not just the clothing. You know, I, I noticed from that picture, there's a lot of different things going on there. Oh, yeah. It's not just the, from the inside out. It's also everything you're carrying and everything you're going to have with you in the blind or whatever. It's not going to be, yeah. So you can see you can see some items here. Like, oh, goose, yeah. like are you guys bringing out goose decoys? Is yeah, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Oh, let's, start, let's start that rumor. Yeah, first, you should. Yeah. First, first lights getting into the decoy business. That's right. That's right. And I think, you know, honestly, guys, like from my perspective, you can't have just gear, right? There's a lot of things, not, not just clothing, right? There's a lot of things that go into waterfowler's kit that needs to stay uh, dry, needs to stay concealed. Um, so yeah. you're going to see a lot of different things that um, assist a waterfowler in his pursuit or her pursuit. Um, and it's just going to make, it's going to be a place you can come and, and expect to uh accept expect to be satisfied you know as, as far as the their kit goes now is I, it fair to say that you're coming out with new gear like it, it you're not just taking the uncompagre or however you say that yeah. word you're not just taking that putting a new pattern on it and being like here's our waterfowl line right you're, that's you're coming out with yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's gear designed for the specific pursuit among all things, you know, and we, you've seen that in, in whitetail and Western and now you're going to see it in waterfall. Well, yeah. yeah. Now in regards to the, I don't know, again, if you can speak to this or not, Kevin, in regards to the, the new line, but like, um, like what, what do you guys run for like, say a fabric quote unquote comparable to say Gore-Tex? Yeah, that's a great question. Do you have your own proprietary fabric that you're going to be using for this waterfall yeah, so, line? Or? That all, that all is going to be coming out, all that information. I, I will say that uh, the easiest way to say this without getting fired probably is like, uh, <laughs> it'll be. Something's it, coming. It, you know, all I'll say is like, we know waterfowl is windy. We know the best hunts occur when it's shitty. 
and uh, yeah. there's going to be product to back that up for sure. Yeah, the, the worse the worse the weather, the better the hunts are, and that's when that's you right. know that's separates right. the boys yeah. from the men, right? That's right, like, 100%. Like Damien can speak on this, but the piece of gear that most of the guys that I've got onto Sitka or uh, First Light coming from Sitka, they're like, oh, what should I get first? Is the Seek, right? Yeah that's the one and damien that's what he's got on to a couple yeah. other guys they got onto the seek and they're like yeah this is great and they've they're kind of coming out of the the sickest stuff and going into that's the first piece that i try to get people into for the waterfowl right so absolutely and you'll see uh some pieces coming out across all our lines that are just making that whole program better man there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff coming and um you know typically in a normal year we'd have all this all this information would be out because all the shows but um, yeah. we actually didn't go to any shows this year because we've been sort of on it's just a hard deal right like you just yeah. don't know what's gonna happen with with uh with COVID and the pandemic and such so we've been trying to we're waiting a little bit this year so you have yeah. to sit up in your seat a little for a little longer um and and that was a good point Dave like you you brought up because we've had um Dave we've had a number of people um reach out to us and say hey listen we need a warm jacket for waterfowl hunting and and i always and i i always include dave because dave is the one that brought me on the first light but i always say listen i bought i've got a seek and i've worn my seat jacket and my and my uh waders um in minus 22 so that's what like minus nine fahrenheit yeah, yeah. so minus 22 but i layered and yeah. and and that is the, and I've never, ever done that until I got into first light and starting to learn about layering, like the days of these great, big, heavy, puffy jackets, yeah. those days are done. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, you know, there's certain, there's certain outerwear that needs to be burly. That's right. Uh, to limit some of that, but you're right, man. That's our whole goal is to educate people how to wear clothing. So you can strip it during the day, put on more if you need to. Yeah, and that's yeah. essentially what we're talking about with these kits, man, is like starting with merino wool as your base layer. You cannot go wrong in a waterfowl. Because mm-hmm. you know how it is, man. If you're setting up yeah. seven, seven dozen full bodies, it's sweaty, man. But it might be below zero. Yeah. Um, so when you stop, when you when you sit down, you're like, oh, shit, I'm cold, right? But yeah. um, with a merino wool base layer and, and tacking on a few more things after that, you're not going to, you're, you're going to be, cool when it's hot and warm when it's cold you know yeah and, and coming the- with the, no well i was just gonna say like coming from the canoe like i hunt mainly out of a, a canoe right yeah and uh coming from that you're you're gonna have a time where you're gonna get a bit wet and merino wool actually keeps its its heat i forget the name of it but like 80 percent of your heat retention is is yeah. kept with merino whereas the other synthetics and stuff like that's gone as soon as it's wet right so right and that's and a that's great a, advantage of merino, man, is that warm and wet factor. Whether you're on the mountain or you're in the marsh, it's just like there's just nothing that can beat it, right? Yeah. You want to know what I love about it? Yeah. Is the, is the non-stink. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I I yeah. love the fact because I've I love the fact that it don't stink. Like I, I and don't think I'm a pig or anything like that, but like after every hunt, I'm not washing all my clothes yeah, after absolutely. every hunt right there's stuff that oh, yeah. just just gets hung up the, the, the dry and and it just i guess breathe when it comes yeah. off me because the next morning i'm going right back out again um yeah. it doesn't stink and that's yeah, there's, what no, <laughs> there's no reason you couldn't wear our merino base layers five to seven days in a row and feel yeah. perfect fresh you know 
and 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 Kevin, I'm 20 years in in the Canadian Army, so I know what it's like to to be in the woods and, and wearing the same clothes for a long time and that stench when you can yeah. smell yourself and and it's oh, yeah. putrid. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> so I yeah. I appreciate it, and Mark and Mark knows as well. So um, I I love it, and and you know I I think that the science behind it, and and fellas and and ladies, once they once they understand that, listen, um, for for a waterfowler, and I'm not taking anything away from any other hunter, but your ability to be able to bring your gun up to your shoulder, get into a sight picture and be able to pull off one, two or three shots um, is unlike anything else in the hunting world, right? So your mobility and able to to move instead of being like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, um, you know, it's a big deal. And and to me, that's what I pay the extra, extra money for. Yeah, the so nice they, part too, you know, with, with the layering systems is you can wear one shirt for five, seven days. You're not having to spend twice the cost or three times the cost on getting a kit for every day you hunt. You know, we've yeah. got guys in Northwest Territories right now hunting wolves that essentially never took their merino off for like 10 days, you know? And that's just like, you're just not going to find out with anything else. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. I think the biggest attestment to that too is just like the sheer, I guess, for lack of a better term, science. But yeah. that and research that's been put into, like, say, you know, modern day technology that we have now. Yeah. So you, you can get away with the heck. The no, you're good, Philly. The computer's being wonky. No, you're good. You're still. You're fine us. Yeah, you're fine yeah. us, buddy. Anyways, um, like I said, the modern day technology and such, um, you can get away with these thinner layers that produce far more heat and create less bulk especially like I said with us as waterfowlers like we're out to the last day and trying to get that gun because like it's not like you have, you have time to shoot mm-hmm. you're whipping that gun up you're shouldering it and then you know shooting right Absolutely. so you know new fabrics and stuff you can get away with a lot less layers and still you know retain that high comfort level so to speak while you're hunting yeah agreed agreed and it's uh we we spend a lot of time you know, we like to say that our gear isn't isn't developed in the lab; it's developed in the in the woods and the marsh. And um, but it's nice to have that scientific backing, right? Like that's that's really we're we're utilizing the best stuff in the world, um, best factories in the world, best materials in the world, best people I think in the world to build this stuff. And that's the core of our whole business, right? Um, Kevin, just if if you can, can you can you talk a little bit about the waiters, <laughs> uh, the waiters, that puffy jacket on the guy in in the in the lead canoe. Um, no, can you talk about you know your 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 R and D team? And yeah. and I know like you you guys have sent this out to outfitters, to people that so obviously people that work for First Light, some outfitters, some guys that are spending a hundred plus days um, chasing the migration. Can you talk about? your research and development team a little bit yeah you bet so this i started at first night in the spring of 2019 and one of my first meetings there was talking about testing waterfowl right so this has been interesting part about the r&d cycle um is that 
first light is it's sort of under the radar but like most of the guys in our office their first pursuit or their most days in the field come from waterfowl hunting you know we're, we're a born in the rockies kind of country or company yeah. where you know we, we spend a lot of time in the mountains but when our season ends in the mountains all those guys are heading heading to fields in the marsh to really pursue it so we've got a a, a vat like if we added up all the experience you know it's 100 plus years of experience in in waterfowl hunting so that's where we started um yeah, yeah. And from that point, you know, we brought in certain individuals that, you know, hunt clients a hundred days a year or hunt in the Sac Valley over rice and it's muddy and nasty and wet. These have been folks that have been a part of our process for a long time. And um, you really got to trust those folks because this is obviously like a pretty under the radar operation until now. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of time. There's, you know, all our product developers and, and PLMs are never satisfied. You know, they they get as close as they can. And then they start thinking about how they can make it better for the next time. So that to me is like, I, at a lot of other companies, I think they're, they're chasing the dollar and, and trying to like put out a lot of different gear. We're trying to put out the best gear. And that comes from a, a contingent of folks that really are passionate about what they do. And um, they're going to be out there when it's 20 below, they're going to be out there when it's 95 degrees. Um, we had guys out in Sandhill cranes in August. We got guys, hunting the Columbia river next week, um, closing out the season, it's going to be like 12 degrees and, and ice everywhere. And it's, uh, the gamut of what you can put stuff through in, in waterfowling is unlike any other pursuit, in my opinion. Kevin, is it fair, is it fair for me to say, and, and please correct me if, if this is way out to lunch, is it fair for me to say that first light as a company you know, sort of kind of made their name on, on, you know, hunting in the mountains, the whitetail, the elk, all of that stuff made their name, um, you know, uh, got popular, uh, built up the bank account. And now because you're not, that afforded you the luxury to take your time on the waterfowl pattern and the yeah, waterfowl absolutely. line. Is that a fair statement yeah. to make? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we were born out of this idea that uh, base layers can be comfortable and made out of merino wool. And then from there, it sort of stemmed in all these different categories that folks just really were interested in. And we see a, a chance to, to put our name on some things. And, and I really believe that the, the emphasis on waterfowl was we, we spent longer, you know, on this process than probably we needed to. But you're talking about guys that are going to be wet, cold, hungry, you know, miserable, we, we got to figure out a way to make that the best we can. And it's, it's a, a little bit about timing too, because I think now there's, there's an opening to, to come after some of the guys making waterfowl gear and saying, Oh, we're going to do it better. You know, the stuff mm -hmm. we're going to make is, is going to be, you know, um, objectively better. Um, it's more thoughtful. And, and I think that that, that position, you know, is something that took us some time to get to. But we've been Jones and man, like from the time I started, we've been testing some prototypes and it's just like, we spent a lot of days going after it. And, you know, we talk a lot about zippers and we talk closures, we talk about waterproof into, you know, anything like that. It's, it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing investigation for the future. Now, is it fair to say that there are going to be other companies that are going to kind of use the camel pattern on some of the gear? Um, yeah, for example, to be determined at this point, but um, yeah. I think that'd be a, a you know, it's the, the natural progression, right. To, to partner with folks that um, know, know in, in, in term, 
in terms of the industry know how to build things that you know mm-hmm. we're, we're a clothing company for sure you know and and another thing that you don't touch on enough is that you guys give back a lot to the water to the outdoors industry like that waterworks lamps and reel um i forget how much of the profit or the proceeds from that went towards uh, charity right like yeah we do a lot of like the the basis of our, of our programming in terms of philanthropy really comes down to conservation so we, we've got a few different organizations that are we we believe to be industry leading um as far as like not only your advocacy for wild places and public lands and, and opportunities for hunters, but really they care about um, the mission of, of keeping places, you know, in the hands of hunters and fishermen. And, and that to me is like one of the reasons I joined the company, right? Is this commitment that we have a, we have a platform in which to uh, hopefully get people to understand that we're really lucky to be able to do what we do, you know, and, and the places that we're able to afford to hunt. Um, we just have a really good, um, commitment to that conservation and have empowered organizations through our ability to, to send them dollars, you know, to, to go to work on some really impactful projects. Yeah. And that comes, you know, down to um, working with Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation or BHA or, um, you know, any other organization that's doing good work um, for all habitat, right? We're not just talking specifically for elk, but like Rocky Mountain does a lot of stuff for prairie chickens that people don't know or you know, marshland stuff in, in the, in the North Dakota region, the Dakotas region. And I think that's what we're after, right. Is, is the organizations that really fight the good fight. And we want to make sure that that's a core, um, you know, moving forward, that's a core um, element of who we are. It's in our DNA. And and every time that someone makes a purchase, they can do the roundup for conservation stuff. And, and like, it might be 52 cents this time it might be 10 cents the next time but it all adds up and you guys put all that right back into conservation and it's kind of it's good to see that coming out of you guys yeah it's something that we've been industry leading on for a long time and we just make it a point that that's that's important to us you know i I think obviously as a for-profit business we we were afforded the opportunity because we've been successful to, to help those folks but that's just the right thing to do and that's that's sort of who we are as a as a company Sorry, Damon, you're going to. Yeah, no, I, I want to. So, you know, we, we ladies and gentlemen, we, we've tried. We, we've picked away at them. We, we have tried to get them to, to <laughs> drop some nuggets. Um, and he's not biting. Like, he's no, really. Yeah, the, yeah he's, 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 he's holding out. So um, I, yeah, I think I that think Kevin wants to get fired. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah. Pay so, the so I can buy more elk tags and go come up to Canada with you boys. Yeah, buddy. Oh, dude, it would be it would mean the world to us to have you come up and 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 have a short and have a have one of those blind breakfasts that that Philly talks about all the time. And oh, yeah, listen. um, Hey, what are you doing March 30th? Nothing. I know where there's a snow goose hunt happening. You want to come shoot some white? You want to come, come shoot, shoot some, some snow geese? Yeah. Do you get to extend your magazines and throw all kinds of steel or what's hey, the deal? No, no. We're no, in Canada. Whoa, whoa. There's no yeah, fun This is, hey, this, this <laughs> is Canada. Pump your brakes. The, the most, <laughs> the most oh, fun we have up here is 28 gauges. Mm. Oh. With your pants on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but invites there for you, 30th. 30th of March. I love we're, it. I love we're, it. That's we're smacking, awesome. we're smacking some Canada's with with St. Nope. Lawrence Outfitters, Whitey's. which is which is Whitey's. probably the best Swan. outfitting racket in uh in Ontario. So I love um, it. I wanted to talk to you, Kevin, about 
I wanted you to, to talk to us and tell us about that first green head that you ever shot. Sure. And, and, and tell us about it because this is always something that, that we love to hear. Yeah, I think I lied to you. I think the first bird I ever shot was probably a Canada, honestly. And then I got hooked on the greenheads. But I always was always really enamored by uh, vocalizations of animals. You know, like I, I love being able to figure out how to manipulate a flight, you know, to yeah. come. As a young kid, I would go to, we had this place in St. Paul called Joe's Sporting Goods. And I'd go there and test out goose calls. And I remember when I first broke over that first goose call and it was like a really shitty goose call. Like, I don't think I could blow it today. Um, but anyway, my dad was like, well, I got a buddy with some ground and he's got geese. So let's go shoot them. And, and I'm, I don't even know if I shot the bird. I mean, it was my bird. Right. Yeah. But that joy, man, of watching a Canada come in with his feet down, just mouth open coming in and, and he's going to take that food away. I was like, oh man, I'm hooked. And then from there, it turned into this sort of like this obsession of like, we worked our butts off as high school kids on public water, you know, like all you needed was your dad's truck, a bag of decoys and a shotgun and you were in it, yep. you know, we yep. didn't even have waders. We just had like hip boots and, and canoes. <laughs> it got, it got squirrely a lot, but man, that, that, that first instance of, uh, of waterfowl hunting, man, I, I just appreciated the work of it. And I think that's, what's always, I've always been a pretty hard worker and I, I like that it's a fruitful endeavor most days uh, if you were, if you put the work in, but there's a lot of days where you put in the work and you come up shooting coots or something, but that's just the way it goes. You know? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I like oh, easy. Coot commander. There's no, there's no coot shooting going on around here. Those poor things just, just swim into the decoys looking. For you know what? The things creep me out. Their feet creep me out. <laughs> yeah. They're, water chickens yeah they, hey, they... another subject that the boys love talking about is dog training oh yeah and i noticed that you're doing pretty good with that uh you want to tell the boys what you got for a puppy and you're training there yeah, for sure i did not get a waterfowl and dog just because i needed something um that was going to extend my season even further of course so we got we got a Llewellyn setter she's an english setter she's mm -hmm. about i think she's just over November so just over a year and a year and a little bit and she's been phenomenal man we've hunted five different species of upland birds um actually had her in the duck blind the other day and I think she'll probably do it she's just a little thin coated um but she's a natural retriever and a uh, really obedient dog and just a good buddy you know we, we're, we've been really lucky to have her she's a good dog so, that is yeah. a beautiful dog she's yeah, a good looking amazing. dog huh yeah yeah. Um, I tell you, and I don't know if you've looked into it, Kevin, but I'm going to be purchasing one for my dog for next year for late season, and it's called a sugar coat. Um, and it and it's like a, it is just a, it's like a blanket, but it's it's all magnetic uh, down the opening. Yeah. And when your dog comes back from a retrieve and that and that icy cold water, she comes back, you just drape that over her, and it's all all magnetic closures right so when she's right. ready to go you just just hold on to the coat and she can just bust out of it and go on and, and pick up so i'll be purchasing one of those next year for my for oh, yeah. my girl because uh same thing right like th there's a certain point i love my dog and and she would go and go and go and go but there's a certain point where you got to start looking after them and saying eh, oh, yeah. i think this might be a little bit too cold for you 
Yeah. Um, so I think you should stay oh. home, but, uh, we hunted over some phenomenal goose dogs out of the field the last few days, just big labs, you know, like 85 plus pound labs. I make a 12 pound <laughs> goose just like look like a duck. It was incredible, man. There's just, there's a woman over in Eastern Oregon, uh, named Laura and she, she is a outstanding trainer and watching her dogs work, man. That was like 70% of the fun for me. You know? Oh yeah. Big it was great. They work quick though. It was awesome. Yeah, nothing better than a good dog. It's just the best, man. We don't deserve them. There's a little oh. picture there for you, boys. That's uh, I love those liver spots. Oh, That's yeah. a good yeah, looking dog. She was proud that day. We did good. We were in South Dakota hunting hunting roosters, and she did great. It was tough hunting, but she did good. Yeah. Awesome, boys. Anybody else got any questions? Was no, the guy's a stone. Yeah, that's right. Can't break any, any, any yeah, I know. Of an upland line. Upland, well, it's, it's your. I, I know it's not really. Stuff, I know it's not really waterfowl related, but um, that new uh, tree saddle that they showed at the, uh, whatever that last expo was, are you guys going to be selling that through First Light or is that only through Tethered? I don't know yet. I imagine they'll probably be on our site. It might just be a collaboration. Shit, boys, I've been gone so much, I don't even know what's going on around the office. I'm, it's kind of a good place to be in. But I did see it come out. We've been working on that a while. Um, yeah, it's a, it's. have you guys hunted out tree saddles at all? It's the best, man. It's kind of just starting up here. Like, Okay. Like I have yeah, no every, idea what it is. So it's basically like a big diaper that you just you yeah. climb up a tree like a lineman working on telephone poles. Really? And, uh, yeah. And then you you kind of sit on the tree like you sit on this saddle that's attached to the tree and it's a little bit more comfortable, but you can, instead of sitting in a seat that you're like facing towards where the deer are coming, you can yeah. actually sit kind of behind the tree. And then when the deer come in from the way, you can actually like kind of peek around the tree to take your shot. It's it, yeah. I've I use looking at them. and all kinds. They're just so super fun, man. Yeah. Can Buddy, all the, the pros can get up trees with like two sticks. It's incredible. I actually not... got hooked on it because of the first like that video where the guy goes into like the the backyard and he sees deer back there and he, i forget oh, what yeah. the name of that video series yeah, that's was, uh, the first light did. From yeah it's called in city limits that's a good in one. city limits that's a good one yeah if you watch that in city limits he just like he got some some climbing sticks and and his tree saddle and he's just walking in like hey can i hunt your backyard and he's climbing their trees in their backyards and yeah hunting. i love it so, man. Yeah, it's good. It's a good way to hunt for sure. But yeah, that's coming out soon. I don't know if it's dropped yet. They just released it at the at the ATA show, and um, it's a good way to de hunt deer, man. It's it's effective and, and sneaky, so we like that. Yeah. Well, I'm not I'm not much of a deer hunter. I grew up hunting moose um, in Newfoundland, but I tell you what, a bucket list, and someday I'll do it when I when I get rich, um, is to hunt elk. And, oh, and yeah. I don't, and actually I, I really could care less if I actually shoot an elk, I would like to be out on that frosty morning and just, and hear it bugle. And yeah. I, I think that would be enough for me. They're like um, two hours from you. Yeah. Up, come up, up uh, man. I'm going to say in fairness, Damien, there's an elk farm five minutes down the road from my house. You can come stand on the side <laughs> of the road in the winter. Uh, I, I'd like, and I'd like, is, I'd like for her to be able a, a little bit more of a challenge than that um there is, there is a bull there that would be it that would be i i don't get um i don't get excited about big game like like moose back home it 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 fills your freezer 
Yeah. Um, and, and that's what it's meant for it, it, nothing other than, than that. There's no sport to it. it it's, it's, you know, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a necessity, uh, for lack of a better term, I, I guess, but yeah. to do an elk hunt, that would be, that would probably be as exciting as, as anything for me. I just you know, like to be man. You'll, you'll, you'll never feel the same way again after you hear a bull bugle at you from 30 yards. It is like life shattering. 30 it's yards. <laughs> that, that, that's honestly one of my, like, if I were to win the lottery, yeah, it would, it would be an elk hunt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me too. If I won the lottery, it'd be me and my dad. I would take me and yeah. dad and we, we would go do it. Oh yeah. Big time. My, my dad wants to go shoot caribou. That's his like, like if I, got, I got a migration that runs through our home through my hometown there's like six seven hundred that runs through my hometown okay, every year to, yeah you yeah, stand on the right. sidewalk and poke it with a sharp stick when, when we were when we were teenagers we used to go uh, on on so like everybody had snowmobiles so that's all we did was drive around on snowmobiles and we used to be able to drive out on on this marsh where the caribou where the migration would come through and you could sit on the snowmobile and put your hands out like this and just rub their backs. They would just part like the Red oh, Sea. Geez. Yeah, they would, they like, because I live in a national park, right? My hometown's in a yeah. national park, so there's no hunting there. So they had no pressure. So they never worried about anything. And and nope. the odd poacher that was around, like it, it, it just didn't, it didn't affect them, right? So like yeah. they... They just didn't, they didn't care. So you could ride it. You could ride your snowmobile. If you were a passenger on the snowmobile, just ride out, put your hands out and you could rub their backs. Caribou. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Wild. The ones that aren't in the national parks aren't that hard to get either. No, That's not, yeah. not, New, not in Newfoundland or not because there's not a. This is how like, you get them over. Look. <laughs> but, but it's in Newfoundland, right? So there's not a, like new a lot of the a lot of the the, the out, out of the province hunters that come to newfoundland are all coming for that big bull moose right yeah so right. so so the big so those those caribou but like you look in the yukon and and alaska like there's some trophy caribou like there's fellas that go up there just for caribou and yeah. they don't care about they just want to get that trophy caribou so yeah. um the caribou, um, which is one of the best tasting meat you'll ever have. That's um, right. Uh, it is. I've never eaten caribou. I got to so get it, on. It's really good if, if it's if, if it's field dressed properly. It is really good, but you can really mess up a caribou if if it's not dressed properly. Oh, I bet. I bet. So, the hardest caribou tag to get for someone who's not from Newfoundland is the Newfoundland woodland caribou. Really. Yeah, it's one of the most expensive too. You're talking twenty grand to hunt. Holy cow! Really? Oh yeah, yeah. The Newfoundland woodland caribou is one of the hardest tags for someone who's not from Newfoundland to get. Oh, I didn't know that. It's a prize because people want to get the five species of caribou. Um, yeah. You got to get the Newfoundland one. That's one of them. Yeah, because Newfoundland's caribou is its own subspecies, right? Right. They're beautiful critters, man. Oh, they they are. That one hundred percent, and and like I said, they are really good eating. Um, if you dress them the right way, um, they're amazing. If you dress them the wrong way, um, yeah. just just burn your meat because. Uh, yeah, that's like most things. Though <clears throat> I don't know, you can <clears throat> excuse me, you can screw up an elk pretty bad, and it tastes delicious. Have you guys ever eaten elk like from the wild? No. 
not from cool. the wild. I've just farmed elk is all I've ever eaten. I'll, I'll, send, I'll try to send you guys some. We got that's kind okay. of that's our freezer filler. I'll try to get you a frozen box. <laughs> really? It's, it's so good, man. Sending you my address right now. Yeah. <laughs> I just added Kevin to Instagram. I'll be shooting him my I tell you what, Mark, send send him some of that breakfast breakfast sausage that you made. Because buddy, oh, I'm telling you, that's the best sausage I've ever had. Hands down. If I, if I could make it to Ontario, will they let me come across the border with meat or no? Yeah. yeah. Just, just don't tell them. Yeah, in, oh, in no. Canada, it, it's, not, uh, it's Canada, Kevin. They not, don't care about meat coming across as long as you don't bring guns. Yeah, and you got, yeah, you bring wild game all day long. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You can't, you can't cross the border with a firearm. Well, you can. You Actually, just gotta, in you fairness, gotta put, you got to put the paper. It's a hell of a lot easier for an American to come over with a gun than is it a Canadian to go back. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've never had a problem. I've had I've had a number of buddies come up here from the states to hunt with me, and it was like a it was a well, joke. Look at Jordan Lemay. Like when we have those, uh, oh, we, do a, we do a waterfowl weekend every year there, Kevin. Yeah. And uh, there's a guy from the states, and he just came over for like a visit, and then he's just like, "Oh, I'll just go get my stuff and I'll come over." And it's like he fills out paperwork for five minutes, brings his gun across, and he's hunting with us. It's like, okay, yeah. it's a joke oh, for him. For us to go down, you got to go through like the ATF, and there's an application process. It's a, it's a freaking mm. rigmarole. It's not hard though. I've done it. So what, what are you yeah. shooting when you do uh, waterfowl hunting? Yeah, I'm shooting a Weatherby 12 gauge. Okay. So they make an 18i that I really like. Their elements really good. Um, when I'm upland hunting, I'm shooting a, a Beretta, um, little 20. I uh, I like those Weatherbees, man, because you can beat the piss out of them, and you know it's like a once a year clean job, and then you're fine. Yeah, and you're and now you're talking my language. Clean yeah, up exactly. once a year. Clean exactly. up once a year, man. That that's it. These these guns that that take all of this extra care and and uh, oh, yeah, I, I got. I like the synthetic them. ones too because you can basically dump them in a in a in a pond and they'll be okay. And I like that uh, SX3 from Winchester. That was a fine shooting gun. Yeah. Uh, I shot a lot of different shotguns. I shot I, I shot that SX3 in Saskatchewan. I brought a I brought a Benelli out to Saskatchewan with me. Um and it just I I I honest to God could not hit a goddamn thing with that gun. <laughs> and uh was it, and that? A, was it the two black eagle three? No, it was the supernova. It was oh, a yeah, yeah. oh yeah. And uh and the guide we were with, he was like, I've got an SX3 here, try this. And buddy, I was tripling on birds with that gun. Oh, yeah. It was it was amazing, That's amazing. Special. I love that gun, but I, I shoot a Beretta. You shot any? Uh, you shot any of that federal bismuth before? No, I haven't. Philly might have federal oh, bismuth. bismuth. Dude, it's like seventy bucks a box or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's outrageous. I got to shoot some, and I know Joke was killing geese at like fifty yards. I'm, I'm not bullshitting you. 50 yards, dead, like dead, dead. And you're only shooting four shot too. And it's just like yeah. lethal. That's, you know what? That's 70 you know what bucks a bird for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what I like so much about that comment was that he said, I'm shooting birds dead at 50 yards. Yeah. I mean, dead. And, that, and that's crazy, right? Like we could say amongst dead. the five of us, that a 50 yard shot is a crazy shot where you're killing a bird dead. Especially on geese, too. Yeah. Know? So, Kevin, the problem we have up here in Canada, up here in Ontario, is we've got 
we've got three or four dudes um, that are, I, I don't know if they're, they're staffers or, or what with, with these ammo companies, but they brag about just destroying birds at 90 yards. And I'm like, how are you shooting birds at 90 yards? And you're saying 50 yards and I'm killing it, which is, which is, you know, impressive. 50 yards is impressive yeah. to knock a bird down. Dead. I don't so, usually shoot them that far because I like them when their feet are down <laughs> and you can almost see the, yeah. the cheese straps. I love it. I love it. But geez, man, it was, I was shocked. They're like, yeah, go ahead and shoot that bird. I was like, I don't think I can, you know, that's pretty far. And sure enough, let him about a foot and he was dead. Really? Oh yeah. Well, Philly, Philly shoots, Philly shoots yeah. Bismuth, but he shoots Kent, right? Yeah. Yeah. I run number four Bismuth either through my M220 gauge or if the off chance I have some in the SB or Super Black Eagle too. Yeah. And like, I've had, like, even with the 20 gauge, I've had no issues. 40 yards like stone yeah. dead yeah not, yeah not not crippled dead you know when you gotta chase the bird around whatever like like no dead dead d-e-d yeah, yeah. dead at 40 yards that's awesome you know, yeah you, that's you it. spend the time book. you spend the time you pattern your gun like i've like when i it's like i i haven't even touched my 12 gauge this year yeah and years ago like when i was shooting a 12 gauge for turkey i was shooting three and a halfs for turkey and i killed a bird at i think it was 52 or 53 yards oh, yeah. And like that was a poke. Like you know, I'm using you know turkey choke number sixes. So like again, like your your pattern density is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's like throwing a freaking wall of steel at them. You know, it's just right? like you can't get out of like, there. You spend the time, you properly pattern your gun. You work with your chokes. You work with your shot. And like yeah, like you can make legit, absolute stone cold dead shots at 40 yards. No question yeah that's just, incredible just to spend you know a couple hours doing a little bit of research sit at a table with a couple pieces of paper and like the paper's not gonna lie no you got something that's patterning tight like you know like so what you know say 30 yards or if it's throwing it all wild and crazy and like you know like go for that tighter pattern like again density is what kills oh yeah Plain i was like, pretty impressed just by i i spent some time shimming that gun i'm shooting now and that was like, no wonder I've been missing birds my whole life. You know, my cheeks halfway off the comb. It's just like, yeah. you know, it's just like, you got to practice quite a bit. And I, I tend to like practicing when I'm hunting. It's expensive. You know, I mean, yeah, shells ain't cheap these days. I, I got into the, into the world of the 28 gauges Oh yeah, and started shooting a, a 28 gauge and shoot number six steel. Cause that's what I could get. And I killed, I killed the goose with a 28 gauge using number six steel. That's awesome. That That's good. Dead before he hit the water. There, there's a new 28 gauge out right now, isn't there? Or announced? I believe as, as per, early, was it yesterday or today? I lose track. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yep. That Benelli Arms has released a Super Black Eagle 3 in a 28 gauge now. It's no. available in four guns, black well. and three camo patterns. I'm super interested to see. Barrel. I'm super interested to see how it goes with, like it's inertia driven, yeah. on such a light load. You know, like That's to me, true. the well, science shoot, behind it's like wow. I shoot, right. the, I shoot the ethos in a 28 gauge. Yep. It worked just fine. Yeah, That's I can't wait to get one. That'll be cool. We got a lot of 28 gauge guys around here. They're getting fancier and fancier, man. I'm just like, give me the 
If, if they made a two gauge, I'd be shooting that son of a gun. <laughs> Why do you shoot three and a half inch shells? Because they don't make four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know what? I've been thinking about it the last. I don't don't judge me when I say this, but if you watch TikTok, there's this guy Enough that said. comes that comes on and he does these skits. He's like, be a man. So the one the other day was skiing to an avalanche be a man and then all these guys start laughing and stuff like this and i want to i want to do one and go shoot three and a half inch shield shells be a man and yeah just, it's <laughs> goddamn neanderthals yeah, I know. <laughs> well, i've been along like i see you, you don't know me kevin but like I, i've been a long proponent of shooting the 20 gauge and i couldn't tell you the amount of people i've sold on shooting 20 gauges now they're like yeah, I don't know why I didn't do this sooner. Yeah. And then this fall, I got into shooting an ethos in 28 gauge. Dude, most fun you can have with pants on. Like, oh, yeah. Sweet Jesus. I bet it's fun. Well, you just you such a better shot when it's like, it's like shooting a 22 or a 300 wind mag, you know? You can shoot that all day long, you know? Like, yeah, your follow up so shot fun. makes so much fun. So yeah. much fun. And the the, the, the gun, the, the ethos is either like 5.5 or 5.6 pounds. Like, oh, geez. You might as well be shooting a single shot 20 gauge. I know. I know. That's it weighs, crazy. It weighs pennies. And oh, it's so much fun to shoot. Well, I'm and it's like 30, 30, like you, you pattern the gun and Tony Vandemore, like everyone knows who Tony is. He runs a 28 a lot. You can you can lay some lace mallards out 30 35 yards. That's incredible. Pattern I suppose we do for chuckers, you know, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if you want to try it, March 30th, just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Come I on up, man. Uh, it, oh. it is yeah, a bit I, of we a have talk, we have to talk offline about that because that sounds pretty intriguing. I don't think I've ever killed a snow goose, to be honest with you. Oh, I buddy. Probably put stacks down up there, huh? Little white devils. The white devils and if you're driving up here kevin bring bird dog yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. we we dog still dog. haven't got this stuff in canada yet um even though we are trying very hard to get it in canada but uh yeah, canada's a hard place to buy a drink of whiskey huh it's expensive. Well, you, you can get well yeah it is expensive um but you know i digress Bird dog whiskey. Well, well look, in fairness, looking at the price of beer in Saskatchewan, because I'm going there this fall, and that's not too appetizing. Mm. Yeah, Pilsner. You're in the land of Pilsner out here, buddy. Um, <laughs> boys, anything else for Kevin? We're getting to that close to that hour, Mark. Damien's getting twitchy. No. I got to say, I've been looking for a good, uh, like, waterproof gear setup since I got out of uh, a different waterfowl gear brand there a few years ago and i haven't really bid on anything and i almost got into the to the seek and stuff there last fall and for some reason i held off and and then you guys came out with your announcement and now i know why i held off there you go yeah i'm the stuff coming for you i'm gonna tell you that seek line the pants and the jacket it it is legit like i i really don't know how you so I, I don't know what the new line is and, and Kevin's really not given us anything, but um, it, I don't know how you can improve upon that, that seat lineup. Um, I got it in Cypher and it is, when it's layered, 
money, it, it is, it is worth its weight in gold. There's, there's no doubt about it. So um, I agree Pat, with you, but all, all I'm going to tell you is just wait, buddy. Just wait. Oh, <laughs> there goes my bank account, Dave. Yeah. There goes the bank account. Um, okay, boys, Kevin, buddy, thank you so much for coming on. I know you're such a busy dude. Um, oh, I it. I'd love to do it again. It was fun. I like chatting with guys like you. It's easy. Uh, buddy, you come on anytime you want. And anytime you want to, you want to like uh, drop a, a, like, hey, it's, it's coming down first here. You, yeah. you let us know and we'll we'll you bet that. we'll do that man that'd be great once the, <laughs> once the product stuff comes uh comes out let's get on and we'll chat about it. i'll bring our waterfowl guy on too and we can chat you through it yeah absolutely yeah. Oh, we'd love that we'd love to have that uh, um and i'm looking forward to it my bank account is not looking <laughs> forward to it um but I am looking forward to it. Oh, you can't take it with you, buddy. (laughs) He who dies with the most toys wins. (laughs) That's right. That's right. right. Uh, Boys, we'll do a quick round the table. We'll leave the last word for Kevin Philly to you, buddy. Kevin, absolute pleasure to have you on here, sir. Um, Looking forward to seeing, you know, what's coming out and just, you know, learning more about, uh, clothing industry and uh, what's going to be out there to offer in the near future you bet mark good meeting you kevin uh gotta say you uh gave us a ton of information without telling us anything so you did well (laughs) (laughs) did really well that's a good way to put it (laughs) i'm I'm kind of glad and same time a little disappointed but you know what i've been hearing hearing that my whole life my friend (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome dave yeah kevin thanks for coming on thanks for putting up with me bugging you all the time and uh yeah we'll talk more (laughs) you bet Kevin, buddy, thank you so much for coming on uh, and letting us have some fun. Um, it was great to have you on. And I know, like I said, you're an extremely busy dude with a lot of responsibilities. So um, you have no idea how much we appreciate you taking an hour out of your day to, to come and hang out with us, Smucks. So, uh, yeah, man, thanks so much. And, and we really do want to have you back on and, and chat more about this. Absolutely, guys. Uh, if anybody wants more information too, they can check out firstlight.com. Um, we we treat our Canadian friends pretty good, so if you oh, have any do issues, do you there, ever? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I, I I gotta jump in on that, Kev, and just say um, the beauty about First Light um, when you order your duties, every there's no surprises. Everything comes straight up on on the uh, when you check out. So unlike other. Um, things when you order south of the border when the the ups fedex or perlator guy shows up and he hands you that extra money uh, that extra bill um there's no surprises with first late it's all calculated right there at the checkout so um thanks for bringing that up kev because that's one thing that i really love about first light and and it's super affordable too and the only surprise you're going to find is like you'll order something and then two days later it's on your porch and you're going this case yeah yeah. Meanwhile, I order something from my next door neighbor and it's like three months in the mail. Like <laughs> what the fuck is going on? So. That's right. That's right. Well, you boys shoot straight the rest of the go and uh, hopefully we'll see you in March. I'd love to do it. We'll see. If oh, we buddy. Let, yeah. You, Dave, let's make this happen. Let's get them up. We'll do it. For March right. 30th. Okay. I but, guess that means I have to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. 
Okay, boys. Kevin, thanks right. so much. Ladies and gentlemen, guys. this was episode 79 of the Union 0430. As you can see, just like we say at the end of every show, we are as advertised. Just a bunch of dudes that love one another's company, love talking about bird hunting, and we get to bring on some pretty amazing guests. This was episode 79, like I said, of the Union 0430. Stay with us next week. Um, more and more to come. Kevin from First Light and the entire crew from First Light. We cannot wait to see this come the summer. Um, stay tuned because we'll keep dropping whatever we can um, on this announcement whenever we can. Big love until next time.